for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. We're going to continue today. Um, This is going to be part two of a message entitled The Garden. If you weren't here last week, you can listen to a podcast, but I just I want to give you a, a quick recap, even if, if you were here. Last week, we talked about this concept. The garden is the Garden of Eden. And we, and we, we broke down the garden to simply mean the garden. <laughs> That's actually what it means. It, it's just a garden that God created. But the Garden of Eden specifically was this specific garden God created and put man in and then told man to work this garden. So he creates man, he creates a garden, and then he puts man in the garden. And in Genesis 2, I believe it's verse 15, he says, you're to work it and to keep it, which when you study that out, it translated, it means to cultivate, to guard and protect. And this is really important because we define the garden and went on to explain that the garden is simply the presence of God. It's a natural structure environment that God has created to live in continual communion with us. Remember, they heard the sound of the Lord in the garden. He was talking to them. He was walking with them. He was living with them. So this was a structure God created from the beginning to live with us. The garden is symbolic of the presence of God. And the good news for us today is his presence isn't limited to a church building. His presence lives and dwells inside of you, but it's all around you. Every good thing you see was created by the presence of God. Every single good thing you see. So this is what we talked about last week, and then we went on to talk specifically about man's role, which we just said, God gave man the instruction, which you could say he gave man his job description in Genesis 2 when he said, work it and keep it. And the interesting thing about this is this was before woman, which let us know that man's assignment is not to get married. Your assignment above anything else is to value and prioritize the presence of God, to guard it and protect it. And being married is probably a crucial part of that for many of you. The job that you do, the specific career path you're in is is important to that but that's not actually your assignment. That may fall underneath your assignment, but this is what we talked about last week. Your assignment is to value and prioritize the presence. So we're gonna continue talking today, and we're gonna go back a little bit further. As I shared last week, um, for those of you who were here, you heard my story where I lost my pocket knife for like months and months, and I couldn't find it, just thinking it's gone. And then I go grab a pair of shorts that I hadn't worn in months because it hasn't been hot. And lo and behold, I found it. Found the pocket knife. And I felt the Lord speak to me because he does this with me. And maybe he does it to you. If not, he, he can if you want him to. He just he speaks all the time. Can I just help you? The, I think the number one, number one way God speaks is just in your mind with a thought. So it's not like you hear the audible voice of God or every day like you fall out in the presence of God, this overwhelming emotion or feeling. A lot of times you just have thoughts and that's how he speaks. And so this is what happened. Found the pocket knife and I felt the Lord say this phrase. Sometimes you have to put on something you haven't worn in a while to find something you lost. So this is a really important concept because it says so much to me. This, 
for some of you, you're like, well, I used to have this strong connection and relationship with God, but I, I feel like something has happened. Well, that's okay. Just go back to the start. Go back. You know, re remember, I, I shared this. One of my favorite pastors says the, the reason he stays so passionate, excited to preach and teach and his relationship with God is because he's never gotten over getting saved. When you can remember what God has done from the beginning that some of you like, well, this miracle hasn't happened in my life. Well, just celebrate the miracle of salvation that did happen whenever it happened and start thinking back and remembering and reflecting on all that God has done. So along this same thought, we went back to Genesis, which means the beginning. And we started reading in Genesis, talked about man, the garden in Genesis. And today, I want to go back even further before it really talks about the garden in the Bible. And I want to read this scripture to kick it off. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Genesis 2. We're going to read verse 1 through 3. Genesis 2, verse 1 through 3. If you found it, say, got it. Wow, already. You guys are fast. It should be on the screen too. Let's read this. Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work so that he had, or finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. This is known as the Sabbath. This is where in tradition, we have the Sabbath day through Jewish culture all the way to today in Christianity. The Sabbath day is the seventh day known as the rest day. But can I just tell you, natural rest is really important. And I know this because I really don't get it. So I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and thank the good Lord Jesus that they are sleeping through the night now. But for those of you who have little kids and parents in here who had little kids, you know, life is just crazy town with little kids. Like, we're, we're already talking, this is amazing, but a, a couple friends of ours are getting married, and I'm doing the, the wedding, and it's a destination wedding in Cabo this next week. And literally, Lindsay and I can't even keep it together. We're like losing our junk every day, like just thinking like, our kids aren't going. We love our kids, but they are not going on this trip. And we just started thinking. I told her that yesterday, I was like, you realize how late we can sleep? She's like, yeah, we're probably going to wake up at 730. I'm like, but still, we don't have to if we don't want to. And it's just the fact that the alarm isn't this. Yeah. Or th that's the one-year-old. The three-year-old is this. It's two things. It's the extremist, right? It's two things. It's either one, dad. I'm like, I tell him every night, I'm like, Dallas, see that? See that monitor up there on your wall? That's a, it's a video monitor. I can see you. But it's not just that I can see you. I can also hear you. So you don't have to scream. Like, if you wake up, all you have to do is say, Dad. It's like that. Dad. But no. Every morning, it's either, it's either this, Dad, or it's he just appears out of nowhere and scares the living daylights out of me. <laughs> this is not, like, this is an issue. We had, to, we had to deal with him for a while. Where finally, we're like, okay, if he's scared, we can't spank him if he's having a nightmare. I'm like, even though I kind of want to. But I'm like... <laughs> 
We can't spank him if he's having a nightmare. But if he just keeps getting out of bed, I was like, no, no, we're putting an end to that fast. So we started popping him, putting him back in his bed. But this has happened multiple times. Like, I will come out. Our kitchen is here. Our bedroom's here. And there's a wall right here. I came out a few weeks ago and went to flip on the switch. And he's literally on the wall. The switch is here. And this is what he does. He just ducks his head like this. It's not funny, you guys. Like, this is so scary. Like, have you seen the movie, was it The Ring? Like, I'm serious. Like, when you see a little kid, no facial expression, and his head is just like this. And if you know Dallas, he is like, he, he's a happy kid, but he's serious, too. And he has this look. Like, even this morning, I was about to walk out the door AJ, our youngest, is up already. Lindsay's getting ready. We go to walk out the door, and Dallas is literally walking in the kitchen like this. Just like serious face. So we walk out, and Lindsay and I are like, oh my gosh. Scares the living daylights out of us. But this is our life. Natural rest is important, but I, but I don't think that, that this isn't the biblical implication. God knows that. Look, natural rest is important, but, but this is what, what rest here is talking about. It's not sleeping. It's talking about ceasing from work. Not sleeping, ceasing from work. So this is really important to understand because here's one of the things you can see in creation, which I'd encourage you, if you haven't seen this, read Genesis 1, and you'll notice this thing, that God says this certain phrase in every single day throughout creation, throughout the six days Remember, he creates the heavens and the earth, the water, the stars, the sky. Then on the sixth day, he creates us. Well, every single day, right off the bat, God creates light. And he says this phrase, and God saw that it was good. He didn't even finish the day. He didn't even finish the first day before he paused and reflected and saw goodness. This is huge. This is huge to see because it's, it's easy as we just read, to see that when he created everything, he, he rested from all his work, from everything he created. On the seventh day, he rested from all that. But did you actually know he was resting the whole time? I understand he took a break and he stopped. He said, you know what? This is my masterpiece that I created humanity on the sixth day. This is amazing. God saw that this was amazing. But every single day he was creating, he saw that it was good. Did you know that if you're not continually seeing goodness while you're working, you're not working with God? You might be working for God, and you, you might love God. This isn't condemnation. You might love God, and you might be in pursuit of God, but you might have a disconnect when you're working and thinking he's not there with you constantly creating. Do you know, th this is the premise of so much of what we've talked about, the, the tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You're not supposed to eat from the one that's constantly focused on good and bad, right or wrong. Do you know why? Because you're just supposed to live out of goodness. It's so easy to see wrong. Look, it's so easy to see what's dark when you're in the light. It's easy, but the enemy wants you to be constantly juggling. You're not good enough. <laughs> oh, no, this is what's wrong with your company, with your organization, with your family. 
It's like, well, there's always stuff that can be worked on and things that need to be fixed. But if you're living in the state of constantly looking to the future of all the things that have to happen and need to get worked on and need to get fixed, you're not fulfilling your assignment and you're not at rest. God is creating. And as he creates, he said, man, that's good. Notice he didn't say perfect. It's a process like the Philadelphia 76ers trust the process. They're the worst team in the league every year, but they keep getting good picks. Eventually, they're going to be good. And that's their slogan, trust the process. It's the same when working, living life, creating with God. It's a process. And even God himself didn't say it's perfect and wasn't so focused on the end result that he couldn't stop, pause, and reflect and see what was good. This is who he is. This is what he modeled from day one. If you can't see anything good throughout your week, you're not working with God. You might be working for God, but it's not the same thing. You'll never be at rest until you see his goodness around you. Look, there are tough situations every single day. I don't want to make light of it. I have friends that are in the hospital, and uh, this couple, the, the, the wife's sister, is by all accounts, dying right now. She had a heart attack. She's had multiple strokes. The, the situation's not looking good, and I understand that. But did you know, even in the midst of that, somehow, somewhere, there's goodness. He, he's doing something. God isn't causing this. He's not causing tragedy and, and these tough situations, but you can find his goodness. Look, Joseph was thrown into a pit by his brothers, and one of his brothers had, had grace that day and said, no, let's not kill him. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so you're not going to kill me. Let's just sell him into slavery. Joseph's like, awesome. My brothers are amazing. They sell him into slavery. But somehow, this is what I believe. He was constantly promoted. So every single attack from the enemy set him up for promotion because he was constantly at rest. How do I know he was at rest? Because Joseph said in Genesis 50, 20, when his brothers years later came to him in Egypt, when there was a famine and Joseph's wisdom through God saved an entire nation because he stored food, knowing there would be a famine and his brothers came and they needed food and they repented and they apologized. And he said, basically said, don't even trip. Whatever you meant for harm and whatever the enemy meant for harm, God used it for good. Like, this is the perspective we're supposed to have as Christians. Like, I preach this a lot, but I'm really passionate about it. I just think there's so much weak Christianity being preached. Like, like God, God is the creator of the universe. You know, like, he didn't rest because he was tired. I know we get tired and we need to. I'm just saying he's all powerful. He doesn't have a, a limit. His, his strength capacity wasn't maxed out. Like he can do anything at all times. And this is a God we serve. So being at rest means you're focused on his goodness at all times. You know how many people are just like, you know, the world's going to hell and look at our government and look at this and look at that and da, 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 da. And I'm like, man, it just looks like an amazing opportunity for God to show up. The school systems and the enemy's just trying to bombard society with fear. Great, perfect love casts out fear. 
He has a solution for every single attack from the enemy. It doesn't catch him off guard. This is the God we serve. But you have to stay in a, in a constant, consistent place of rest saying, you know what? I can see his goodness. No matter what's going on in a hospital situation or someone's on their deathbed, I see a family coming together, praying prayers they may have never prayed before praying for the first time, believing for healing, whether it manifests or not, you're believing for healing and something happens on the inside of you. You're at rest because you can see his goodness no matter what. What the enemy meant for harm, God used for good. Look, this is my, this is, this was how my life with God truly began. I accepted Christ as a kid, lived kind of off and on for God for years, loved God, knew God. He wasn't really Lord of my life. I didn't really surrender to him or really pursue him until March 30th, 2008. And to make a long story short, I shared this a few times, but to make a long story short, I felt completely tormented by the enemy. I had been making you know, decision after decision, poor decisions, hanging out with the wrong people, doing the wrong things, making bad choices and bad decisions. And I, I found myself in torment. I found myself driving the highway in Dallas thinking I'm going to go party tonight with some friends and keep living this lifestyle that I know is not the life or lifestyle I'm supposed to live. And I just was tormented in my mind thinking I can't breathe. I, I can't function. Like it was just overwhelming what came over me. And I was just thinking like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And through this, <laughs> I've said this before, but the only thing I could do was, was say the name of Jesus. I really couldn't even pray a prayer. I was having trouble thinking. I, I couldn't form a prayer or put words together to make a sentence. I just said, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I kept saying his name. It was like strength just started to come inside of me. And then I called my dad and said, hey, we need to talk. <laughs> and I went to his house as a 26-year-old man and said, I don't care if you want to know any of this. I'm about to tell you everything. I said, this is the life I've been living. I feel tormented right now. I don't know how I'm going to make it. And he just start, started to speak life into me. Everything changed in one day. Everything wasn't perfect, <laughs> but everything changed in one day. It was a matter of weeks that I knew I was called to ministry, that I was writing messages like reading the Bible, it was consuming my life. The words on the pages were coming to life in my life. And everything began to change as I just began to surrender to God and give everything to God. What's the point? What the enemy meant for harm, God used for good. Every attack from the enemy is a setup for promotion if you live at rest. Every single attack. It, look, I've said this before. It, it's not like he holds back. The enemy plays his, everything he's got, his full hand every single time. So he's given you his best shot already in your life. And guess what? You're still here. He's thrown everything he can at you. The only way he can get you is in your mind. If you keep believing lies and believing he's more powerful than God and, and living for him rather than God, but if you surrender to God and commit to that and start living for God, every single thing the enemy throws at you will just position you for promotion. You can see it in scripture. You see it in Joseph's life. 
You, you see it in the three Hebrew boys, which we preach quite a bit here at Renew Life Church, that it's like they, <laughs> the enemy <laughs> threw them in the fire and the enemy was burned by the fire and died. The fire killed the enemy, not them. And they met Jesus in the fire. And then when they came out, the king said, whoever talks about your God, I'm going to kill him. And by the way, you're promoted. This is how God does it. So you have to live in this place of rest, knowing every attack is just a setup for promotion. Genesis 2, 6. Can we throw that on the screen? Then we'll read Genesis 2, 10. And a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Genesis 2.10, a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. Can you see in this picture, in these two simple scriptures, before man was even given his assignment, the garden was working for him. It was watering itself. A mist was coming up. A river was watering it. What's the point? The point is the presence of God is designed to work for you. You're not designed to work for the presence. In his presence and in his environment that he's created, there are constantly things that are just a byproduct, that are just happening for you. Money coming in, healing happening, breakthrough happening, friendships, relationships being restored. It's simply a byproduct of being in his presence because his presence is working for you. It's working on your behalf. I could tell you guys story after story, time after time, where God showed up in the presence worked for me. One of, the, one of the first times after this encounter I had where I was tormented, started living for God, I said, I, I know I got to do something. You know, I, I, I got to step out. I, I got to do something ministry related or get in that kind of environment. So I'm praying about what to do. Am I going to Bible school? Am I, what job am I supposed to do? And actually, it was my mom at the time. She, she kind of she had this, this thought, I guess, again, this thought. And she was like, you know, have you ever thought about this Christian school? She's like, I don't know why. I was just thinking about it the other day. Maybe you should just connect with them. Um, my degree is coaching and teaching. Who knows? I walk in the door and get a job. I walk in the school for the very first time, meet the superintendent. He's like, oh, I know who you are. We used to play basketball here, you know, a few years ago. Your coach, we actually just hired, and I'd love to hire you. Like, what did I do other than walk through a door? Like, the presence of God is continually working for us. You know, it's not even, it's not always some super profound thing either, because God gives you the desires of your heart, and sometimes he just wants to bless you and love you. And in the same season, I was like, you know, I live by a lake in Dallas-Fort Worth, and I love to be active and work out, especially at that time because I didn't have kids. Jeez. Just kidding. <clears throat> I love kids. But sometimes, just kidding. But I had this thought. I was like, you know what? I want to buy a kayak. I want to get a kayak. I'll go on the lake. I'll work out with a kayak. A couple weeks later, I go to my brother's house, and I'm helping them I'm helping them prepare to move. And they're moving, get ready to move into a new house. And I go into the garage and I see a kayak. My brother said, yeah, actually where we're moving, we're not gonna take it, do you want it? I was like, this is awesome. It's, it's funny, because the truth is, like, I didn't even pray a prayer. It wasn't like, Lord, please bless me with a kayak. <laughs> so the kayak rained down from heaven. Like, I had the thought, 
and God answered my thought. Because I'm in the garden. When you live focused on the presence and you're just not perfect, you're, you're just in pursuit of God. So many things are a byproduct that he just wants to bless us. You know, I remember being at CFNI and thinking, I have to have $335 in two days to pay the rest of this tuition for this month. And I wouldn't tell anybody. So I'm like, no, no, I'm not gonna ask, <laughs> which sometimes you need to. But I was just like, Lord, you gotta show up. Do so. I, don't, I don't know what to do. And I was coaching with my friend who worked with all these schools in North Dallas. And, and I would train, I would do private lessons with kids and do different things and coach some basketball teams. And my friend is a little bit older and he's a businessman and he just did this basketball thing on the side. He goes, hey, is there anything you need? And I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> he was like, no, is there, seriously, is there anything you need? Like, do you need money? Like, what do you need? And I was like, eh, maybe. And he was like, no, tell me what you need. Like, what exactly do you need? And I was like, well, honestly, I need like $335 in a couple days to be able to pay this. Reaches in his pocket, pulls out $335 cash, six in my hand. I'm like, like, what do you need? Like the presence is constantly working for you. If you believe it, if you're at a place of rest, knowing he's so good all the time. He's so good. Everything he has for you is, is good. Every plan he has is a good plan. And he's constantly trying to get things into our hands and bless us. But look, life happens, right? Like the other day, we had a couple unexpected financial things pop up. And if I'm being honest, my first response is just like anger. I'm like, ah, like wine, I'm frustrated. And then we miscalculated something in our finances and I'm more frustrated. And then I begin to pray about it. <laughs> and I felt the Lord start to talk to me and say, well, what are you doing? Like any other time, something has come up or pressure or something's been tight financially. Have I not shown up? I'm like, well, yeah, before you did. But I don't know about this time, <laughs> right? Because that's what we're thinking. We're like, mm, is he going to do it again? I know we sing the song, but is he really? Every single time. Why are we so stubborn? But seriously, I was just frustrated. I'm like, Lord, I don't know. And he just began to remind me. Look, the other day, we, we have an old iPhone that we keep around so Dallas can play games on it sometime. And we lost our phone. And Lindsay's like, do you have any idea where it is? I was like, no, I don't. You know, probably under a couch or something. And I was like, you know, just, I'm studying. And then she, <laughs> and then she texts me and she was like, the Lord just told me where it is. She goes, she goes to the car, pulls up a car seat, and it's under the car seat. It's like, it's just an old iPhone, guys. But the presence is constantly working for you. It's not hard to hear God. When you know this, he's constantly speaking. And like I said, so many times, it's just a thought. She said, well, did you hear like the audible voice? Did something physically move her? No, I mean, it could happen. She just had a thought went to where the thought led her and found what she was looking for. This is how God works. Your know, last scripture I wanna read as we begin to, to land this and wrap up today is Genesis 2, 18 through 20. 
Then the Lord God said, it's not good that the man should be alone. I'll make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field, every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock, to the birds of the heavens, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. Then it goes on and God creates woman out of the rib, brings her to man. Adam calls her woman. What's the point here? Within the garden, within the presence of God, within this life that God has created, you are responsible for naming things in your life. God has given you authority, the same authority he has. You're creating his image and likeness. God said, let there be light. Light didn't hesitate. It just, it became light. This is what happens. The power of life and death are in the tongue. Those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Proverbs 18, 21. Look, I think in the same way, God brought creatures to Adam to name. I think life brings situations for you to name. It brings situations to you. You may be in a situation today and it's like, divorce is what looks, that, that's the name that it looks like right in front of me. But God has given you authority to name it whatever you wanna name it. So I would just encourage you, choose wisely, give it a good name. You may be there and you're like, oh, okay, sickness was the name you came, you came in with, but healing's the name you leave with. Depression is the name you came in with. Anxiety is the name you came in with. But joy and peace is what you get to name it today. Your words have power. Your words frame your world. Just like God's words framed our world, your words frame your world. So you have the opportunity. It's a privilege. It's an honor, but it's a challenge. Don't just say whatever you want to say. Speak by faith and speak life and speak goodness to your situation today and God will begin to change your situation. Amen. Let's just pray. Lord, we just thank you for what you're sharing, what you're speaking. And Lord, we do. We just take authority right now over every single situation, every attack that the enemy has thrown at every single person in this room listening to podcasts later. We just bind the enemy's attack and we just release breakthrough and miracles and healings today. Supernatural activity from heaven to manifest in people's lives. I thank you that debts will be broken. I thank you that cancer will be healed. Every negative report from the enemy, God, you will just change it and give a new report. But I just pray you empower every single person here to begin to name the situations in their life differently. Don't give them negative names, God. Don't think when financial pressure comes that, man, this is just too much. Think, no, 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 no. Has he not been faithful before? He's gonna show up again. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the provider. So Lord, I just thank you for who you are. And we just lift up your name in this place. And we just give you praise and honor in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.